Okay, good morning, everybody. This is Tony Fleming. This is our 7 a.m. Mindset Call. We do this call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. And on this call, we talk about mindset. We talk about mental toughness. We talk about affirmations. We talk about books. We talk about uh, your thoughts. We talk about a lot of things that go hand-in-hand in what you do on a daily basis, whether it's your job, whether it's your business, whether it's relationships. And we know that these things can help you in all three uh, because it's your paradigm. It's everything that you've heard all your life, and we're trying to, we're doing our best to, or we are, (laughs) adjusting that paradigm. We're having a paradigm shift because if we change our thinking, we could change our life. In order to do that, things that need to be done, and we talk about that on this call now. We take this conference call and we put it on a podcast platform, not a podcast, but it's loaded on a podcast platform, 16 different ones like iTunes, Breaker, Spotify, Apple, things of that sort. I mean, things of those those different platforms, 16 different ones. Um, and you can go back and listen to the replay and hear these. We put it on there for that because repetition is key. That's how you learn. You go back and listen to the replay over and over Make it simple for people to get to it. And for those who want to learn, those who want to get it, those who believe they can change their life. You know, that's the difference in a a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Our goal is to get you to that growth mindset. That fixed mindset doesn't believe you can change your life. What you believe is what you are and what you are, that's what you are. You believe that you graduated from high school or whatever, went to the military, went to college, and you are what you are. That's what it is. A growth mindset believes that if I keep listening to this stuff, if I keep reading, if I keep getting in the right environment, I can change. And that's our goal is to get you to that point. Uh, you know, the fixed mindset, you know, I don't, hey, it is what it is, you know. Uh, but that's not uh, what we talk about here. We talk about the growth mindset. And so we put it on those podcasts that you can actually go to it. Or just put Tony Fleming in, put mindset and it'll come up. <clears throat> and uh, every call that we've done so far is loaded on that. Well, not every call because we started doing these calls 17 years ago. <laughs> so we started loading on the podcast the last year. So we might have over 200, 300 on there with Mindset and Book Club and things of that sort. So you can listen to those um, and take notes and apply. We also have a replay number here, 712-432-1085. Seven one two four three two ten eighty five. Same pin code that you dial in on, until you can listen to it right after the call. And if you have a problem going to the podcast or trying to find it, just send me a text and say, "Send me the podcast link," and then it'll be in your messenger, and I'll send it to you. And it, I mean, I've, it'll be in your phone, and it'll be there forever, ever, forever, ever, unless you delete it. And we also have a community that you can plug into. Uh, just text join J O I N, and it'll be it's you know. To me, where I send out messages to you guys, J-O-I-N, text JOIN to 678-679-5707. 678-679-5707. Again, 678-679-5707. Text JOIN, J-O-I-N, to that community. All right. Y'all ready to rock and roll? We're going to talk about uh, what we talk about. <laughs> And I went to the book, to the bookshelf again today and grabbed another book. Um, and so we're going to talk about the thoughts of people today and why people operate the way they operate. 
just a couple of things that we're going to go over. Most people are going to know this book when I grab it. I mean, when I grabbed it and I saw a lot of y'all going to know it. No, 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 about a lot of y'all. I see a few of you guys will probably know once I start reading this book. All right, so let's go. I had nobody was really standing over me. You know, I always was out, out and about. 
I never had that kind of, uh, I don't know if I could have made that anyway. Because even when I was in the office for a sales meeting or something, my managers always say, <laughs> like a kid, Tony, can you stand up over there? And because he knew I was going to fall asleep in there. So, so you know, when we had a sales meeting or something, but besides that, I was I never really had a supervisor. I never had anybody going around looking, trying to find out if I'm at my desk, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I, that probably would drive me crazy. <clears throat> but um, I, I rather put in all the hours, you know, extra hours if I'm doing it for me. If I'm if I know that I'm the boss and I'm looking at myself every day, that that would be me. Now, the difference. He says here, so while the masses lead off at five and forget about it, the top performers are still formulating strategies and dreaming of new ideas. The difference is not not one of intelligence or education, but of motivation. While the middle class is driven by the external need to make money, the world class is driven by the heart. When work gets tough and frustration builds, the average person seeks emotional refuge through socializing, hobbies, weekend escapes, when superachievers experience the same frustration, they dig in deeper and persist until they solve the problem because they love the challenge. They love the challenge. You know, you hear me talk about Robert Smith and the story about the guy who was training under him uh, that left and went to a happy hour on Friday. And, you know, he left his briefcase in the office. And so when he got home Saturday morning, you know, sleep off, had to sleep off, you know, his alcohol. He got up and drove over to the office to get his briefcase, and Robert Smith, the billionaire, was still over there, same clothes on, <laughs> doing the same thing, still working, because that's what he loves to do. That moves him. That, the, 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 the ability to come up with an idea, the ability to, to change people's lives, the ability to take, you know, the thing that he loves to do and create that that can something that can help other people. You know, he's gonna be there all the time. You see people, musicians and hip hop guys that be in the studio three, four days, Beyonce in there three days saying she hadn't had hardly had anything to eat. <clears throat> because they love their work and they they love what they're doing and they're doing it and so it doesn't look like, it doesn't seem like work. But to the average person, 90% of people hate what they do. And so when they see you doing something that you love and you do it on a regular basis and you talk about it all the time, it's just dumbfounding to that person. They can't believe it. They can't. <laughs> like, really? You know, <laughs> He says, this internally driven emotional motivation eventually makes them rich, but that's not the, that's not the goal, which is what their, their um, uh, middle-class colleagues refer to as luck. The truth is luck has little to do with it, with the possi possible exception of being lucky enough to discover what they love to do, which more often was the result of tremendous effort. The masses prefer to call it luck or attach the great ones' success to something random outside of their own efforts. 
and attempt to absolve themselves from the same level of commitment. Yeah, he's lucky. Yeah, he got, you know, somebody helped him, somebody gave him something, he got lucky. So that makes the masses feel good about their laziness and not doing the things that they want to do and, you know, something, yeah. Yeah, he always gets something, you know, folks always do stuff for him. That makes you feel better when you're looking at yourself and knowing that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's a justification there. You know, you see people who get off work and they go home and whatever hobby that they work on or whatever thing that they love, they do it and they do it and they do it and they do it. Now, see, some people get paid for them, some people don't. You know what I'm saying? And they love to do it. If you could figure out a way to make money, you know, just watching TV, I'm sure y'all could make a lot of money. I'm sure y'all could make a lot of money because that's what a lot of folks love to do. Now, they love to do it because it, it, it keeps their life from being in front of them. The stuff that, the, the suffering that's going on with them, you know, that's why it's always on. Radio on, something on this to keep you from thinking about your life. <clears throat> so if you can get paid for that, boy, ooh. Hey. <laughs> Maybe there might be something you better search and see. Man, I can get rich doing this. I don't know. I think the people that you're watching are getting rich, though. The TV stars and the movie stars. But the masses prefer to call it luck. That's what it is. Brian Tracy had a, ser- a, a tape series out years back, cassette tape series I had called, and, he, and it, it was called, and they're going to call you lucky. And at the end of each tape, I think it was six tapes in there, at the end of each tape he would say, you know, once you do these things and you start having this success, and then they're going to call you lucky. They gonna say, "Boy, he got lucky. Boy, this happened. Boy, that happened. They got lucky." Okay. Meanwhile, the great ones become millionaires and live their dreams because they're grinding and they're doing things that they love to do. And I know here's here's the here's the thing that most folks. Well, I just don't know what I love to do. I think he said in here that the, what did he say? Uh, Oh, yeah, he says, the truth is luck has little to do with it, with the possible possible exception of being lucky enough to discover what they love to do, which more often was a result of tremendous effort. Tremendous effort, even the effort of trying to find out what you love to do. The effort, the tremendous effort. So, um, here's a critical thinking question. Are you doing the things that you love doing for a living? And I know everybody is going to say, mm-mm, I don't love my job. I don't love my part-time business. I don't love anything. I don't love, I know you're going to say, no, you're going to say, well, I love the Lord. And see, that's when you think the Lord is going to give you money because you love the Lord. 
No. No. <laughs> you love the Lord. Read that Bible, you know, 24 hours, seven days a week. You can go sit up in the church seven days a week when the door is open, when the door is closed. But if you don't find something that you going to do on a regular basis that's going to earn you some income that you really want to make, that ain't going ain't to work for you. I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm not telling you not to love the Lord. I love the Lord. I read my Bible. But I also get off my AZZ and I do what I need to do on a daily basis and put the grind in. I don't sit back and say, well, I, learn what, I don't know what I love to do. I don't love my job. I definitely don't love the business. I don't like getting rejections. I don't like, I, I don't do that. I find something. See, you can learn to love anything if you want to. If you really want to, you can learn to love anything. But you gotta, you gotta do that. You have to. That's you. But being a nice person, praying 24-7, going to church seven days a week, quoting scripture every time somebody says something to you, trust me, that's good. That's all good. And like, like in the Bible it says, I, well, somebody had to correct me because I, I thought Paul had said that. But somebody had to go and research it because they wanted to prove me wrong. <laughs> Paul did say it. Jesus said it. Doggone it. Jesus said, that's all you get. That's your recognition right there, baby. When you're out there on the corner and you scream in the Lord's name and, and you saying your prayers out loud and you just praying out loud, letting everybody know how Christian you are and da-da-da, you're getting all the scripture and all that. Jesus said, that's your recognition. That's what you get right there. You get people saying, ooh, ain't that person? Ooh, that person's spiritual. That, that's he said, that's what you get? That's your praise right there. Now, you ain't getting nothing else from that. <laughs> you ain't getting nothing else because, you know, if somebody get up at church. I remember when I used to, uh, you know, uh, when I went from a large church to a small church, you know, he had me doing everything. I mean, I, I didn't pull up off of that. Now, I kind of told him I can't do all that. I'm not, uh-uh, I'm not doing all that. But we used to do, you know, these prayer circles, and everybody, you know, had – times that you would pray and you do it and I have to tell him all the time, I was like, man, I'm not good at all that. I'm not I'm not the prayer warrior there that you he said, well do just do what you feel. He said, that's okay. He said, cause he said he said because most of them folks in there that's the prayer warrior, they ain't doing nothing in their life. Yeah, that's what my pastor said. <laughs> Cause some of them could pray, boy. They they get to praying we I'm like, man, I can't do all that <laughs> he said, he said, most of them ain't doing nothing anyway. They, they they sound good doing that. I was shocked that my pastor even told me that. I guess he probably sick of them too. He probably sick of them with all these long prayers and all this sounding good, and they ain't doing nothing in the church. They ain't doing nothing for the people. He always called me and asked me to do it. So, But I was shocked that he told me that. You you got to go do something, folks. You got to do it on a regular basis over and over and over to earn what you say you want to make, you know, to have some 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 extra money coming in, to have those things that you want. 
you got to find something and you got to do it. You got to love it. You got to do it on a regular basis. You got to do it when nobody else is doing it. You got to do it when, you know, folks saying, well, you ought to be tired of doing that. You still got to do it then. You know, you got to really, really put time and effort into something. But this, well, I ain't found my calling. I ain't found my job. I don't like my job. And then I don't like my part-time business. And I don't like this. And I don't love that. And I don't love Look, you sound like an excuse machine. You better find something because you're getting older and older and older. And you better grind at it. Make yourself love it. Make yourself love it. All right, here's another one right quick, and I'm going to wrap it up with this one. The average person has been inundated with thousands of negative self-limiting messages. Their thinking is rooted in fear so deep that most cannot save from, the, save from themselves. They hear positive messages and are unable to internalize the wisdom due to the psychological cancer that has mesticized in their mind. The foundational belief they are operating under unconsciously when it comes to money is there isn't enough for everyone. Exacerbating this belief is the fact that money is, is a finite resource. While this is technically true, it's irrelevant. The great ones know money flows to ideas. Wow. Money will flow to ideas. And earning substantial sums is the result of hyper-directed thinking on solutions to problems. The top 1% of the population in the United States own 42% of the nation's wealth. With the possible exception of, of heirs who inherited their wealth, these people are thinkers who learned how to direct their mental energy towards money-making solutions. They live and breathe prosperity, and the more time they spend at this level of, man, hold on, let me say this right, because I, I just, I think I skipped what I really need to say. The more time they spend at this level of thinking, wow, the richer they get. So the more time you spend at this idea, at this thing that you're doing. See, you got, not only, you, you got an idea, you got a, you got a business, you have an idea. Now you got to get that idea across to people. That's how you get money. You got to have the idea. Now you got to get the idea across to people and get them to understand what it is, and then you get those people to move. That's how you get money. But they keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And he says, the rich knows that the secret to exceptional portfolio begins with thought. You have to believe it before you see it. Most of us were trained in the reverse of this equation. And many people die waiting for their ship to come in. The truth is, it was always there in the harbor, waiting for its captain. It's sad, but every rich person I've ever interviewed has agreed that we are the creators and destroyers of ourselves. We focus on external factors, and it turns out the enemy is us. The enemy is us. The enemy is the inner me. This is the reason wealth in any free market economy will always be disproportionate because 
the enemy is us and the enemy is the inner me and we won't work on the inner me. We won't develop the inner me. We just want to sit back and complain and say, well, why I got this and why I don't have that? Yeah, Tony said, read them books. I read two of them. I read three of them. Shoot, I read ten of them. Shoot, I've, I've been with Tony for two years. I read 25 books. Look at me. Now, you won't say that publicly, but that's what you're doing in the mirror looking. And then you go back. If you go back and think about it, you have AZ read the books. AZZ read the books. You didn't apply the stuff. You didn't put your grind on, you know, all the time, like it says. You didn't. It's a lot of didn't that didn't happen that you don't want to say. But if you look in the mirror and talk to yourself and say, what you know, you know. Those things hadn't been done. You see, that's why you keep, uh, that's why people keep low self-esteem, because they lie in public. Uh, we lie in public, but then we get behind the scenes and look at the mirror ourselves and know we lie. So, you know, I just read it the other day. That's how we keep low self-esteem, because we lie to ourselves. We we know we lie in public, that we're doing these things, and then we look in the mirror and we know we hadn't done what we're supposed to do. And so now that develops lower self-esteem. Because you don't believe you can do anything because you know the truth. Not what you say when people see you in public, but what you say when you get in that mirror at night, when you know the truth, that you didn't do the things that you're supposed to do. As long as you keep doing that, as long as you keep not doing the things you're supposed to do, it's going to be harder for you to do it because you're going to keep creating lower self-esteem because you're not going to even trust yourself. You're not going to even believe in yourself because yourself sees what you're not doing. They ain't, it ain't talking about what you're telling somebody else now. You're telling somebody else that you think you're getting away with it. No, you're not getting away with it. You might be fooling somebody else, but you're not fooling yourself, and that's the problem. That's the problem. You, 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 you not. That's the problem. See, if you, now, I guess you call that, what do you call that when a person can lie to themselves too? Some kind of psychotic person, but, but you know, you know, <laughs> like the parakeet said, you know, and that keeps, and that just builds up inside of you. <clears throat> and you know you're not going to do the things you're supposed to do, and you know you're not going to continue doing it. So now your belief system is not there, and that, that lowers your self-esteem, and, you know, it's a vicious cycle. you got to start committing to your commitments and start doing the things that you said you're going to do so you can believe in yourself. So you can believe in yourself. Start having some kind of success of doing some things that you said you're going to do and stop coming up with excuses because, you you know, you know, this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened. Yeah, that's called life. 
I think Prince talked about that in one of his songs. It's called life. We all go through it. We all have sickness. We all have death in the family. We all have issues. We all have, you know, I know some people say, well, you know, I handle it differently. Well, the goal is not for you to handle it differently. The goal is for you to be able to understand that and go through it and keep going and doing what you're supposed to do. The goal is not to say how you do it. We understand how you do it. Everybody does it differently. Everybody, but that's not the goal. The goal is to get on that one page and say, okay, I understand that. The goal is like when my father passed, I remember, I, I've told this before, looking out the window of my apartment I was living in. And I was in this high-rise building kind of. It was about, I don't know high-rise, but it was about maybe 10, 12 floors. And I think I was on the eighth floor, seventh floor, something like that. And I And I looked out the window. And I saw, you know, I'm sitting there. I think he's uh, gone. He had been gone three days or four days. Um, and no, no, it was it was a couple of days after the funeral. So that means, you know, I think the funeral was seven days. So you know, I'm about ten days in. And so, you know, and I would, I still was doing the things that I, but I still was, you know, I had a lot of heaviness on me. So I started looking at the one. I was like. Man, life goes on, folks. Life goes on. I saw those cars moving down there. I saw people going into the store. I saw folks down on the sidewalk walking and talking. And I saw, and I'm like, man, I said, I said to myself, we all got this date. We all got this date. You know, it's gonna, be, it's inevitable for we that we have an expiration date. We all have this, and so he just went before me. And anybody else, we all have those dates. And so we got to live our life, folks. You know, I said that to myself, really. I said, it, you know, I said I got to move on because, you know, my day's coming too. So what I want to do is just sit back and be, I know I can hear y'all now. Well, Tony, everybody on. Well, that's, that's the goal is to get you to understand. Now, if, if you don't want to do that and you want to operate the way you want to operate, and I'm just using that one example. You can use examples of anything else, any business failures, rejection, anything that happened to you in life. If you want to poke your mouth out and just be that way and go, this how I am, this who I am, you want to be who you am, then just stay who you am. When somebody reject you or somebody talk about you and somebody laugh at you and somebody say your business don't work, and you just stay who you am then. If that's who you am, you stay that way. Now, others of y'all who are trying to grow and trying to develop yourself to be better, to move on, to do things, then you're going to have to change. You can't, you can't sit there and say, that's who I am. I'm different from y'all. Okay. Stay different then. That's not the goal. At least that's not the goal of this call. The goal of this call is that if you get rejected, things happen to you in life, it's for you to get back up and keep fighting. It's for you to move on. It's for you to know that that's part of life. That's the whole goal of this call, to make you tougher, mentally tough, to deal with everything that's going to happen to you in life, folks, because it's going to happen. Trust me, everything's going to happen. All right, that's it, folks. All she wrote, pen to pencil broke. So now let's go to uh, the mystery voice. I got to tell me who this is. <laughs> 
Tell me who this is now. Okay, who got who has the money? Let's see right now. We got the money building up here. Uh, let's see. Money building up. Who's the money building up? Let's see. All right. Hold on. Okay, we got Tim with five dollars. <laughs> Phil with five. Barbara with five. Kimona with ten and Renee with five. So nobody can win today. But I'm gonna I'm call this one. This is ten dollars. This is a ten dollar day here. So just to move Kimona up to twenty, and it'll take everybody else up to fifteen. So if you get this, and then somebody can come in with straight ten dollars, right? So this is how I'm gonna pay. Straight cash, homie. <laughs> but Tony, how do you pay, man? You write a check or something? No. Straight cash, homie. <laughs> I need you. I need, I need you. <laughs> your cash out so I can. Straight cash, homie. <laughs> That's how we do it around here. <laughs> how we do it, Straight man? Straight cash, homie. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. Straight cash. All right, here we go. <laughs> Tell me who this is. To set the record straight and let you guys know that abandonment has nothing to do with any of this deadbeat dad i've been there every step of the way and let's also remember that these kids are 30 and 27 not 12. it's time for grown men to be grown men and i'm sorry that tough love happens to, to be this way um and it's i do wish them the best i want them to have and to reach their dreams and their full potential but like any other man in the world you, you got to go out there and you got to take it That's why I'm going to give y'all $10 on that one. Because <laughs> some of y'all don't have a clue. And what he talks about has nothing to do with his profession. <laughs> That's what's throwing you for a loop right there. That's what's throwing you for a loop. But, hey, we got, man. Great cash, homie. <laughs> Come on. Here we go again. To set the record straight and let you guys know that abandonment has nothing to do with any of this. Deadbeat dad, I've been there every step of the way. And let's also remember that these kids are 30 and 27, not 12. It's time for grown men to be grown men. And I'm sorry that tough love happens to, to be this way. Um, and it's, I do wish them the best. I want them to have and to reach their dreams and their full potential. But like... Any other man in the world, you, you got to go out there and you got to take it. <laughs> Dang. I'm not getting anything from y'all. Not one thing. <laughs> Look, somebody sent me that now. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Somebody send me that. I know you, when I tell you who it is, you ain't going to believe it. <laughs> you need to get them for sending it because I can't believe none of y'all responded to this one. How you come up with that, man? Royce, Royce said that's Ben Affleck. Really? 
Mario Van Peebles. I ain't heard that name in a while. Okay. Let's try this again. One more time. To set the record straight and let you guys know that abandonment has nothing to do with any of this. Deadbeat dad, I've been there every step of the way. And let's also remember that these kids are 30 and 27, not 12. It's time for grown men to be grown men. And I'm sorry that tough love happens to, to be this way. Um, and it's, I do wish them the best. I want them to have and to reach their dreams and their full potential. But like any other man in the world, you, you got to go out there and you got to take it. <laughs> y'all gonna never guess that. One. I'm gonna go and tell you who it is though, since y'all didn't. <laughs> I might get. I'm gonna give you another chance today. That was Brian McKnight. <laughs> y'all like. What? <laughs> that was not. That was Brian McKnight, <laughs> and I'm gonna post it just so y'all won't say it. Oh, okay. Somebody told me they was just about to type that. Really? Boy, you, you, you really? You? <laughs> you just about to say that? I got you. Okay. All right. I'm gonna give you one more then, since y'all couldn't get that one. This five dollars though, they ain't ten dollars. All right. Because it's really about consequences and you understand how desperate he is to not have to suffer those consequences and how painful that can be. Because it's really about consequences and you understand how desperate he is to not have to suffer those consequences and how painful that can be. Because it's really about consequences and you understand how desperate he is to not have to suffer those consequences and how painful that can be. Yeah, I want me to go back to picking these <laughs> Person that's sending them. <laughs> All right, one more time. Because it's really about consequences, and you understand how desperate he is to not have to suffer those consequences and how painful that can be. All right, I gave y'all five chances on that one. So, guess what? Now, check this out. This is crazy. This is really, this is really crazy. <laughs> so when I just paid Brian McKnight, uh, what are you talking about? They don't know that, boys. That's, they said that's not enough. Okay, I'm going to do it again. Then, all right? Because it's really about consequences, and you understand how desperate he is to not have to suffer those consequences and how painful that can be because it's really about consequences and you understand how desperate he is to not have to suffer those consequences and how painful that can be. Okay. All right. So what I was about to say is this, you know, the one I played earlier, this one, to set the record straight and let you guys know that 
abandonment has nothing to do with any of this. Deadbeat dad, I've been there every step of the way. And let's also remember that these kids are 30 and 27, not 12. It's time for grown men to be grown men. And, and that is Brian McKnight. And then I got a text from three people said Mario Van Peebles, Ben Adflack, and uh, somebody said another one. I don't know who it was. So then I played this one. Because it's really about consequences, and you understand how desperate he is to not have to suffer those consequences and how painful that can be. <laughs> I was trying to give you a hint, Ross. You didn't get it. That was Ben Affleck right there. <laughs> like, when you said that, I'm thinking, I'm looking at, am I playing the wrong clip? But I looked at it, I was like, no. I mean, you come up with Ben Affleck for Brian McKnight, and then when I play Ben Affleck, <laughs> it's crickets. That was interesting there. I'm like, how do you come up with Ben Affleck for that one? Because that was going to be my next one. And then when I played it, it was crickets. Royce, you was almost there, man. You were right there, Royce. You just said it too early. All right, well, folks, you know, I just have to... Straight cash, homie. Keep my, keep my cash right now. So I tried, didn't I? Was that a good try? Somebody said it's not, it's not long enough. So if you're sending me a clip, then I guess you need to tell me you know, it can't be, you know, I guess that was 10 seconds. Would they need 30 seconds? Would you need 30 seconds? See, that, that then somebody's going to say, well, no, we need 45 seconds. Then somebody's going to say, well, no, we need 50 seconds. We need a minute. We need a good minute. We need it. <laughs> All right. Don't be afraid to look up in the sky. Don't be afraid. Look up at the sky. Don't be afraid to look up at the sky. Don't be afraid to look up at the sky. Yeah. Uh-huh.